everybody to a special episode of Piecing It Together. Uh, this is the first of its kind, something I'm hoping to do a lot in the future. Um, but this is a perfect opportunity to get it started. Um, you may remember uh, a month ago or so, we did an episode on a movie called Bus Party to Hell, which also happened to be a movie that I did some of the music for, including the theme song. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing that episode, uh, Chad Clinton Freeman and I. Uh, we, we came up with a lot of great puzzle pieces for it. And, um, you know, it was great just doing such a, a crazy, fun movie. Plus, it was great doing a movie that I actually had done some work on. So, I mean, it was, it was a great experience all around. And uh, the thing that we're going to be doing today is talking to the director of the movie, Rolf Konevsky. Uh, he wrote and directed this movie. It was produced by my friends, the Mahal brothers. And um, it was great to talk to Rolf. Um, it was great to get his reactions uh, to the puzzle pieces that we suggested inspired Bus Party to Hell. Uh, as you'll hear, some of them we were right on, some of them we were wrong on, but that's exactly why I want to start doing these filmmaker follow-ups. Um, hopefully we'll be able to continue doing them in the future with more movies. This was a lot of fun to do. I hope you enjoy it. And definitely check out Bus Party to Hell, which comes out this week on Blu-ray. Well, uh, before we jump into some of these movies uh, that we talked about on the show, I just uh, thought for our listeners, if you could just kind of give a, a quick little, uh, you know, introduction of yourself and, and, you know, some of what you've done. Sure. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the writer, director of a, party, a bus party to hell or party bus to hell, whatever you want to say. Um, I started pretty young. I'm from New York and... Uh, Grew up in uh, Scarsdale, New York. Um, my first professional film was a movie called There's Nothing Out There, which has turned into kind of a cult movie over the years as well, which is nice. Um, we're actually talking now to see if we can get it on Blu-ray, which would be cool. Oh, nice. Which was one of the early meta-horror films where there was seven kids going to a house in the woods for spring break, and <laughs> one of the kids has seen every horror film on, on video, and he knows all the warning signs, and as soon as... Uh, evil strikes in the form of an alien creature that fell from the sky. He begins to tell his friends what to do to survive. And it was Scream with monsters, I guess, six years before Scream. Sure, yeah. So it's built up the reputation of being the uh, the precursor to uh, that film. Um, then I worked on a family film that I was brought on to help called My Family Treasure with Dee Wallace and uh, Alex Vincent, the kid from the first two Child's Plays and now the new Child's Play movies. Um, which is cool. And then I made a move to California and uh, took a couple of years to reestablish myself. Uh, started working for a uh, French producer named Alain Saritsky and uh, did a bunch of uh, late night uh, sexy comedies for him, um, including some of the Emmanuel movies of the time. Sure. Uh, finally got back to horror with uh, The Hazing, which uh, is a fun film that I'm also trying to get re-release on Blu-ray, maybe uh, one day soon, uh, which um, sort of pokes on at the genre too, but the the, the characters and the, the situations like Breakfast Club with, uh, with, as a horror film. <laughs> um, and uh, that had Brad Dorif in it, from also from Child's Play, of course, and uh, Lord of the Rings and Deadwood, uh, and Brooke Burke and Tiffany Shepis, who I started working with a lot in some of these movies. 
and did a bunch more horror films. But over the years, I've jumped around from horror to comedy. I wrote Blonde and Blonder with Pamela Anderson, Denise Richards. Last film directed by Bob Clark, um, of, that people may know from uh, the original Black Christmas to uh, you know uh, Christmas Story to uh, Baby Geniuses to Porky's hmm. to Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things and you know. Um, which was kind of cool. The uh, movie didn't turn out great, but uh, it was it was <laughs> nice to be associated with it. Um, uh, thrillers, One of the Gun with uh, Stephen Bauer, Robert Davi, James Russo, um, and Tomorrow by Midnight, which is one of my famous, my favorite films that has, has never seen the light of day in America, unfortunately, with Carol Kane and Alexis Arquette and uh, Jorge Garcia. Um, and then I uh, even did a musical uh, came back to the genre, did Jacqueline Hyde, Corpses with Jeff Faye, and Nightmare Man, which was one of the eight films to die for as part of the uh, After Dark when they were doing that for those few years. We were right. selected for that, which is a whole story unto itself. <laughs> and um, and then uh, recently uh, met up with uh, Michael and Sonny Mahal from Facebook, and they contacted me to write a, uh, a college comedy since I had written uh, and directed two movies that they really liked called Pretty Cool and Pretty Cool 2 which is my sort of throwback to the, uh, um, you know, Porky's and Weird Science and Zapped, you know, genre. Sure. Um, it's made successful again after, after died for a while with uh, American Pie. Um, and uh, I wrote this thing called uh, Last Day of School. And then they brought me on to run and direct uh, Bus Party to Hell and, and now most recently Art of the Dead, which we were just starting post-production on. Absolutely, yeah. It's awesome. You, you've worked on such a... Uh wide range of, of films it's so many so many cool things it's it's great and uh and, and the reaction uh to bus party to hell you'd be getting like a lot of great reviews on this one i'm very surprised i i mean i i'm i, I guess i'm used to because i've done a lot of comedy horror in in you know from my first film to most of my horror films have a lot of good sense of humor too the black room uh with natasha hemstridge was on netflix now and lynn shay also had a sense of fun. And that one, I guess because of the, the it was about an incubus, so there's a, it's a sexual demon and, you know, the humor put people off. I think with the title called The Black Room, they were expecting a James Wan, you know, right. insidious conjuring kind of movie. And I was going back to the 70s with Mephisto Waltz and some, uh, you know, um, you know, other references and, and then doing something that was sexy and scary and fun. And that one people didn't get. So a lot of times my humor people get confused with because they think they're seeing a straight horror film and then sure. all of a sudden there's all these jokes. But Bus Party to Hell with Tara Reid and that title, um, which I was very happy that the Mahals uh, went that direction because when they brought me on, they wanted something that was much grittier, more like an Eli Roth hostile, those mm. have eyes kind of movie. And what I wrote was actually, and their title was Bus Party Massacre. But the script I handed them was bus party, you know, bus party to hell. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't sure if they'd go for it because it was, you know, real tongue in cheek. But they loved it and uh, they embraced it, and um, that's what we made. And that, when with that title, people have, uh, for the first time on the first go around, like there's nothing out there. It took a while for people to catch on to it, but this one people seem to get. So uh, yeah, some of the best reviews I've gotten, which is amazing. You that, know, that's um, awesome. For, for, that is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and that's the thing with with comedy horror. It's it's such a fine line that needs to be, you know, road. And I, I think you do it very well with this. I mean, it's got the right amount of the horror and the comedy, which is really, I think, why it's easy to connect with, uh, especially for a certain kind of audience that is 
you know, into this kind of a movie. Thanks. Yeah. I, I you know, it, it's, it's, it's always been a strange genre because I, the film that was my big influence, and, and actually there's a new book that just came out um, uh, called My Favorite Horror Movies that uh, 48 filmmakers and various people in the business wrote uh, essays on their favorite, most influential films. And I wrote about uh, Abby's Tommy Frankenstein, which is still one of the best comedy horror films of all time and a big influence on my career. Uh, but again, having two famous comedians in the lead of that, you kind of know what you're getting. Oh, yeah. if you do it without any big names, you know, people are, don't know what to expect from it. So, um, you know, if you have, you know, you know, whoever the big comedians at the time, you know, Will Ferrell, Eddie Murphy or whatever doing it, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it, Ghostbusters, you know, right. it works with that. But, um, you know, this was the same issue uh, I heard John Landis had with um, 10 years before he could get American Wealth of London made because, you know, the people love the script, but it was the same thing I heard on There's Nothing Out There. It's too funny to be scary. It's too scary to be funny. So they don't know what the line is. <laughs> is it a comedy? Is it a horror film? And, you know, six years after Nothing Out There, when Scream proved it, and I knew at that time because I could see the audience reaction. I said, people are ready for this kind of movie. Yeah. But and I said, if someone comes along and makes it with a big enough budget and some name actor, it's it's going to make a fortune. And sure enough, Drew Barrymore and Wes Craven, yep. <laughs> there, came, there, there was proven. And then... The whole genre came back, which was nice. So, because uh, Tremors bombed when that came out. Uh, I mean, Friday Night was a big hit. I love Friday Night. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of time hit or miss. So, or it gets discovered later on. People really reanalyze re- re- the movie and say, oh, yeah, it's funny. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, that that's interesting. Uh, you know, we'll get into some of these, um, uh, you know, puzzle pieces, as we call them. Uh, Abbott and Costello, uh, Me Frankenstein, that's not one that we had on the list, but that is a great one. And, and, you know, clearly you're inspired by that, that brand of, of comedy horror. And, and <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so basically I, I'm going to run down, I'm not going to do all of them, but I'm going to run down uh, <laughs> a list of some of the movies that we discussed on the show. And I just, you know, want to get your reaction to some of them and what you think, if we we're on the right track, if not, if, sure. you know, all that. Um, so, I mean, starting with the uh, one that I think is pretty obvious, and a lot of the reviews mention it, uh, The Hills Have Eyes and, and Wrong Turn, those series. Yes, yeah. I, um, I mean, I've, I've seen all the Wrong Turn movies. Well, obviously, with Sadie Katz from Wrong Turn 6, yeah. you know, you, 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 I'm aware of that stuff. Uh, Hills Have Eyes, though, so, yeah, the Mahals, that was their concept, was they wanted to do, like, Hills Have Eyes kind of movie. And I, again, with that line, Hills Have Eyes, Ears, Noses, and Throats, um, you know, was... <laughs> Uh, definitely making a, a notice of that. Um, so, uh, no question. Yeah, that was a, that was an influence, and uh, you know, and Wes Craven again. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, the Evil Dead series been comedy horror. Oh yeah, now Evil Dead. That's most of my movies are guilty of that because when I did, there's nothing out there. When I was 20 years old. Uh, there, there were a few films that were very inspirational in Sam Raimi's Evil Dead and especially Evil Dead 2, which is one of the all-time greats um, I fell in love with. And, um, you know, I, I, I still to this day see myself doing I said, oh, yeah, that's a Sam Raimi shot. You know, that's a, you know, some of, the, some of the, the style and stuff like that. And I, I, I met him quickly. He was very, very nice. Um, nice. Early in my career, after There's Nothing Out There, got some heat on it before nothing happened for a while. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was, uh, I was, I was being dangled the possibility of directing Child's Play 3. And um, uh, Sam Remy wrote me a very nice letter uh, wishing me luck that if I got the job and stuff like that, which was really, really cool. Um, and uh, Bruce Campbell, I've also met once and got his approval for the uh, 
Bruce Campbell joke in the hazing with his autograph in this picture. Nice. Um, if you ever just hated it, there's, there's a whole thing with that. But yes, Evil Dead uh, is absolutely a, uh, in all my films. <laughs> there's somewhere, somewhere in there that's like, oh yeah, it's, uh, that's old Evil Dead. Awesome. Uh, another one I've seen mentioned a lot, so I, uh, I'm pretty sure we're probably on the right track, was uh, uh, Race with the Devil. Yes, well, that's the big one. That yeah. that was the, and I listened to your show about that, and I loved because uh, the guy you did it with um, when, when read the IMBD, I think uh, information, and then checked out the movie and loved it. Yeah, which was that was one of my goals going into making the movie because uh, when I was pitched, when 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 uh, when Michael called me up about it, he said pretty much all he said was, "I want to do a horror movie about a party bus uh, that breaks down in the desert and a cult group attacks people and starts killing them one by one." <laughs> and as soon as I heard that premise, I said, "Oh, okay, so it's race with the devil without the race." Yeah, because <laughs> um, the bus is uh, is stuck. And I liked that idea, and I was intrigued by it, and that's when I started writing the script with it. So, um, so yes, I purposely uh, the characters' names are all mis- mis- mismatches of the actors' names of of uh, Warren Oates and Peter Fonda and Loretta Swift and nice. and Laura Parker and uh, and uh, R. J. Armstrong. Alan Armstrong is the guy with the gun, and and Joan Starrett is the, the 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 director of the movie was Jack Starrett. So Joan Starrett is, is is her name. So all over the movie, there is a nod to this pretty great little film that a lot of people still do not know today. It was like a perfect drive-in movie in the 70s and uh, really holds up, too. It's a lot scarier than uh, Party Bus to Hell, mm-hmm. but uh, between the snakes on the bus and all these things, there's there's all over the place. There's, and that's why whenever you're doing something that's a, a nod to a certain movie like that, like in the hazing, there was a lot of Evil Dead and... I, I th- we had to mention Evil Dead. I was like, you, you, if you don't, people will think you're just ripping off this movie because, oh, you never heard of it before. Whereas, <laughs> you know, I like to let people know that I know that they know that I know that I'm what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. I know so exactly I think they what you mean. It more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that, that's uh, that's cool. You said that because um, uh, what you said earlier, because, uh, you know, it's a big goal of this show is actually, uh, you know, you like this movie here's some other movies you might like too, you know, and ending up with, with a, um, a list of great movies to watch and race with the devil is like one that I'm absolutely like, I haven't actually personally seen it. I know Chad watched it. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to watching it because it, it sounds I'll tell you, it really is good. It, I mean, they were talking about remaking it for years. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Moore, who was a producer who was going to direct it. Um, he produced American pie and some of these movies and he, he wanted to do his version of it. And, uh, they still not have not officially remade the movie, but I thought this was a a, a, a nice nod to it without uh, copying anything too closely. So you know, it's not like I'm ruining or ripping off or stealing the movie. You can still watch that movie and and be surprised and see where it goes. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not the same movie by any means. Um, and ours gets a lot more supernatural than than theirs do. Uh, but it's it's a cool film. And again, they get away with things in the seventies, you know, with PG, it's a PG movie that you would, it doesn't feel like a PG movie, you know, right. <laughs> Especially the yeah. opening. Wow. Yeah. Um, so the next one's not actually a movie. It was more of a, a concept, but, uh, heavy metal album covers and music videos. Not so much for me. Um, I, I was not really big into heavy metal. I mean, I had some friends that were, but I, I, um, I don't really know that scene that much. Mm-hmm. Um, the music, I, I I tend to love Jerry Goldsmith and, and, and sort of classical John Williams and, and those kinds of scores. But Party Bus to Hell, I felt needed a real driving sort of heavy metal thrash kind of uh, score to it and sure. uh, punk rock or whatever. 
And so we really went after that was it was great with the songs and everything. I mean, obviously, the Highway to Hell song that we couldn't never afford to get, you know, was, you know, was what I tempt the, uh, the the promo reel with because I said that's the attitude of the movie. And then we got lucky with with you and a bunch of other ones that found these great songs that that fit the mood of it. But when I was making the film, I wasn't thinking heavy metal images or album covers. Now, yeah, more, more so just like horror, just like a score, basically, but not specifically. It was more heavy of the metal. score, yeah. There's yeah. a feel for the soundtrack was that but uh yeah not the look of the movie necessarily gotcha gotcha okay um and how about the warriors um i know the warriors i that never really came to mind um in okay well mad max yes um yeah i was gonna gonna say that one with it too yeah mad max and the warriors yeah mad max and fury road because when i talked to wardrobe i said well, okay, here was the thing. In the original version of the script of uh, Party Bus, the cult really didn't say much. They were very, they were mostly in the in the capes and you didn't really see them, mm-hmm. um, except for the leader who said a few lines and the one who dances with the snake and that stuff. Everything else was pretty quiet. I was I was thinking more lines of like Assault on Precinct 13, where you have these right. sort of, uh, you know, just people that are just constantly attacking the police station, John Carpenter's movie. Um once we started going the Indiegogo route uh, and people start putting money in for cameos and they want to say something, <laughs> it, sound, it it seemed like, well, we need a lot more people talking. So some became some of the partiers on the bus and some became some of the cult members. And then I started giving the cult members personalities and I said, okay, if they're going to be talking or saying one line, why don't we go more like Mad Max Fury Road and, and dress them all up in, in more unusual kind of Burning Man outfits. Sure. And give them all their own personalities, which is um, the the one who's dressed as a as a as a giant praying mantis um, with the green hat, uh, Alyssa Dowling, who's a scream queen who's done a lot of movies. She was supposed to have a bigger role, but she actually designed that herself because I I said you know pick an animal or if you want to be a rock or a cactus or all this kind of stuff, so everyone can kind of play their own, you know, have their own inner story <laughs> going on. Because I love that in Fury Road, where even though there wasn't a lot of dialogue, you 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 get, the more you watch it, you see much more going on with all these secondary and third characters everyone has something going on while they're attacking you know oh yeah absolutely they've all got their own personalities and stuff even with personalities and i and i aim for that in in party bus and then some of the performances were better some were worse so things got cut (laughs) and trimmed and not all the lines made the final cut but uh, and then weather was uh, an influence too we had some really bad uh, storms and i mean uh, you know sandstorms and the you know 30 mile hour winds which were impossible to shoot so uh, (laughs) things got dropped here and there because of that too (laughs) you know it would be uh it would be so funny if, if this movie like really picked up and then you eventually do like a uh like a like a like a midnight screening type thing, but out in the desert, everybody dressed up like the, uh, like the cult. <laughs> oh yeah. That would be, oh, that would be awful. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just one more of these that I wanted to mention, cause I, I actually personally like this one, whether it's true or not. Uh, but Requiem for a dream because of that scene where there's the three big things happening, the digging through the body for the key at the same time as the sex at the same time as all the cult people. I mean, I've seen Working for a Dream. I never thought of that movie during that. When I, when I wrote the script, I, I you know, the, the trick was, you know, how do you keep it, how do you keep it going? How do you, how do you have, sure. you know, seven people on a bus that's not moving and, and not get boring? And uh, how can you develop the story? So coming up with the chosen one and trying to slowly give hints towards things. And then you got to build up for your finale. And I thought, 
having these three parallel actions going on at the same time. Yeah. I, I tend to put more than less in my movies, which makes them difficult to shoot, especially on 11 day <laughs> shooting schedule. That was quite a challenge, but um, uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be fun. Well, obviously the joke with the Virgin losing her virginity while they're cutting open the girl and sure. the, you know, the, the none too subtle uh, intercutting of that. And then the orgy <laughs> going on outside was just this one big, you know, blood and guts in the show. I mean, I, I thought of, uh, you know, a little bit when we were shooting, especially the orgy outside with the body parts, uh, and I say in the end credits, a little nod to Blood Sucking Freaks, mm. which um, was edited by my father, actually, Victor Knevsky, ah. um, <laughs> which uh, was a little inside thing there, and Joel M. Reed. So uh, I gave that a notice. And um, uh, the other film I, know, I, I point out in the end credits was uh, Saints Cheerleaders, uh, Graydon Clark's movie, uh, also from the 70s, which uh, had a pretty good sense of humor uh, when it came out. They're like... Uh, you know what they say funnier funnier than the exorcist scarier than silent movie i think that was their tagline <laughs> nice i love um, it <laughs> pretty funny uh and there's a there's a thing with a virgin there that's uh, different than what i do in the joke but there was a, a similar joke to that who's the virgin you know sacrificed towards the end of the movie um so those were in my mind but uh but not not wrecking for a dream I, that's a much darker you know uh, really well made and uh the uh, our special effects guy who did my movie before that and after that, uh, Vincent Gustini, did the effects on Wrecking for a Dream. Oh, he really? did do Party Bus, but uh, but yeah, but he actually did all of that with the hand and the and Ellen Burstyn's makeup and all that stuff. So yeah, nice. Really cool. That's a connection. <laughs> yep. Well, there are a few more references. I, I don't know if you picked up or not. In in Party Bus, there's his uh, Live It, Learn It, Love It, which is obviously Fast Hunters Run High. Okay. And. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a lot of little quotes in the movie that are, um, you know, I, I had to originally be a very big uh, a movie fan, so there's always uh, little things. Oh, that's awesome. The one that I that actually got cut out of the movie, which you won't see, but the setup was there for it. It just it wasn't quite delivered as well as I wanted. Again, not a horror film, but uh, when 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 Alan, the the, the, the guy in the, in the red shirt with the gun, when uh-huh. he goes down below to look for his, his bags and he's shining the uh, flashlight around. When we, uh, when I saw that image, I'd like, I said, okay, you got to say, you know, to yourself, come out to the coast, get on the party bus, have a few laughs, <laughs> which was the diehard. Yeah. yeah perfect. <laughs> which I thought was very funny, but, uh, I, I didn't, it didn't make the final cut of the film. Uh, um, that was one of the ones I met. And of course say hello to my little friend, which was the Scarface, which I think you mentioned also. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a movie buff to a certain extent. So there are a lot of, uh, a lot of lines all over the movie that, that, that give reference to other movies. And of course, um, you know, game over, man, game over. What are we going to do now? You know, you know yep. that kind of thing, which is, which is obviously aliens. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's so, so many little, like little, like uh, little lines like that and stuff. It, it's, it's great. Like uh, it's definitely a, a movie lovers movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm happy that people have picked up on that and, and have enjoyed that. Yes. I'm, I read to Lair of the white worm, someone brought up, which I hadn't really thought of, but I see that reference too. And, uh, you know, night of the creeps and there's, yeah, there's, there's plenty of, yeah, uh, night of the creeps, plenty of things all throughout that movie there. And I, and I actually love the genre. So yeah, it's, it, it, it's usually intentional, you know, maybe there'll be something that other people see that I didn't consciously think of, but yeah, it's, it's all in there for sure. Uh, right on. Well, I, 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 I love that, that these are really cool hearing these reactions. Um, before we close up, um, 
since uh, the next one is Art of the Dead, if you could maybe just tell us a little bit about that uh, before we wrap up. And then also if you have any other uh, projects that you're working on right now. So Art of the Dead. Yeah, Art of the Dead. Um, we, we just finished principal photography in Vegas. It, it, uh, it's, a, it's a totally different movie. That's, <laughs> you know, I'm very happy with, with Party Bus and the responses, but people that think Art of the Dead is going to be the follow-up mm-hmm. and similar, it's like, no, this is a whole different world from Party Bus to Hell, hopefully. Um, yes, it's a horror film, but it's a, it's, it's a much more interesting story of, uh, it deals with, a, an art collector who buys these seven paintings at an art gallery auction, brings them home to his family, uh, without realizing that the paintings actually represent the seven deadly sins and the paintings start to corrupt the different members of the family from the children to the teenage daughter, to the college son, to the wife. Um, so it's a, it's sort of, I think a cool new way of doing the, uh, you know, uh, pride and greed and gluttony and uh, uh, wrath and envy and lust. Um, you know, uh, as a as a storyline, um, and gets very surreal and a little artsy. Uh, so I'm 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 very curious to see, like the new Suspiria, what they do with that because there's definitely a an Argento flavor and a look to the movie, and it's a whole different style and on, on what me and uh, myself and Michael Sue, the DP, we're we're going for on this one. Um, with uh, very strong performances by everybody. And uh, there's some people that were in Party Bus and some people that were in Black Room and, and some new actors as well, both from Vegas and, and uh, California. So it, uh, anyway, it's a very, very cool movie. Um, very ambitious um, and very different. Awesome. But if Party Bus keeps going the way it's going to go, there's more and more chance that uh, at the end of the movie, the, uh, the proposed possible sequel, uh, Bus Party to Helen back uh, could see the light of day one day. I, I'm sure Beautiful. I know the Mahals want to uh, turn into a franchise and there's definitely, uh, you know, open uh, plenty of places to go, to go for the sequel or if we were to do it. And I'm sure you could find so, a way to knows? bring Tara Reed back for it. <laughs> any, any, anything's possible in that world to bring uh, Tara Reed back somehow. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, well, I said, if you do follow up from where the movie ends at the end, all hell, you know, literally hell breaks loose. Yep. So, Everybody who's been killed can come back. You know, it's it's, it's open season, so um, you definitely you know. Do, you never saw her die, Tara Reid. That's true. Never, she was still alive at the end. You just saw the head coming towards her. So, that is true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of fun. Uh, so anyway, so there's that. Um, uh, I was just contacted about doing a short film, um, kind of a tr- crime drama, which is something I've never really done. Um, in New Mexico, which might happen in August. Um, I just attached myself to this project. I didn't write it, but uh, I'll tweak it. It's an interesting little story, um, you know, that they might want to turn into a feature if things go well with the short. Um, I've got some TV shows that I'm trying to get off the ground. I've been developing for a while. Uh, I don't know if you know, a series of films started in 88 called Witchcraft. I'm not sure. They've made like 16 of these. It's the longest running horror series ever. Oh, my God. It actually beats Freddy and Jason and all those. There's 16 of them. (laughs) Um, Most of them, not very good. Uh, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, started in 88 as a direct-to-video title, and literally they've made 16 of these movies um, over the years. Um, I thought it would be kind of interesting to try to turn into a TV series because it is sort of a a name and a title people know of, and uh, I've been developing something called Witchcraft Motel, um, that nice. uh, would be a kind of a cool, um, basically motel in the middle of nowhere where people show up to make deals with the devil on the crossroads and, uh, stay, they stay the night in the motel and people, 
you know, we have a section in each story that shows up and then someone is trying to destroy the motel from the inside and it deals with some of the characters from the movie, but it has a whole, you don't need to have seen the movie to uh, be able to follow the show. I think it'd be kind of a cool, dark, a uh, little bit sexy too, because the Witchcraft series is known for the, the sort of erotic horror a little bit. Sure. Um, a TV show dealing with a, a motel in the middle of nowhere, you know, as your crossroads uh, with the negotiator who, who makes the deals. Um, so that could be a really cool project. Sounds like fun. Uh, and I've got a, and I've got a lot of other scripts that I'm still trying to raise money for, trying to find, you know, um, and we'll see, you know, uh, there's, there's one called Nevermore, which is uh, based on the work of Edgar Allan Poe, cool. which I've been wanting to make forever. Um, I have Natasha Henstridge, who I worked with on Black Room, uh, attached to possibly star in it. She loved the script. Um, nice. We get the money for it. And a, uh, a more of a dark psychological thriller called Just Listen with uh, Annalyn McCord, who was in the, one of the Lifetime movies I wrote uh, called Watch Your Back that uh, she loved. She's uh, from Beverly Hills 90210, but in the genre people, she starred in this movie called Excision, which was great, and recently in 68 Kill that Trent Hager directed. Um, wonderful actress, and uh, she loved the role. So, so again, I'm with, with her attached, I'm trying to see if I can raise the money for that one. Awesome. Um, and then the Mahals are talking about new projects too, so we'll, we'll see. There was something they mentioned on the set of Art of the Dead that I thought would be kind of a cool idea, and I've been developing it and thinking a lot more about it. So I have a, a whole idea uh, if, if uh, they decide to pursue it. Um, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, you never know. It's crazy business. It goes yeah. up and down. Right now, doing a lot of horror genre stuff, which is fun, but uh, I've always loved comedy and thrillers and you know musicals and everything else, too. So you, you never know what's going to come next. Oh, I got one more. Uh, Sunset Society uh, comes out in L.A. Uh, downtown Independent Cinema on July 6th. I was sort of co-director, helped out on the movie. Uh, it's a, uh, a vampire rock and roll movie starring uh, uh, the late Lemmy from Motorhead oh, and sweet. a bunch of other musicians. Um, that's it's a very rock and roll. Cleopatra uh, Films, that also Cleopatra Records, that produced Black Room, made this one, and I basically did the about a half hour of the movie. Phoebe Dollar was the director of the of the original film when he was still alive, and we updated it, and it's finally huh. coming out on July 6th, and then hit DVD, Blu-ray with the record and vinyl and the whole thing with a killer soundtrack with a lot of big bands. Well, that um, sounds like a lot of fun. 6th of July, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it's yeah, going to be so a lot of fun. Yeah, so look out for that. Yeah, that'll be out in about a month. Beautiful. Well, right on, man. Thanks a lot for talking to me, and... Um... I, I'm sure uh, we'll be seeing each other again. Hopefully we'll end up uh, working together on something at, at some point again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the title song. I mean, I've, uh, party, I mean yeah, the, the, all the music was great. I mean, it, it, I was happy because you didn't make the screening out in Vegas, but I'm, I'm happy when you, you finally got to see the movie. It, it lived up to what you were hoping. I, I, I take it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Cool. Right on, man. Oh, great. That's that, man. Bus Party to Hell. Such a fun movie. And it was so great to be a part of it because, I mean, it was it was a blast uh, seeing it with a crowded theater. And then it, it's been fun watching it at home. It's it's just uh, it's just so over the top. And it was great talking to Rolf Konevsky. Uh, it was a great little interview and getting to hear his thoughts on uh, our puzzle pieces and some of his own puzzle pieces for his own movie. That was awesome. Um, so. 
this episode should be going up today, June 12th, which is also the release date of the DVD and Blu-ray release for Bus Party to Hell. Um, it's been on VOD for a little while now, um, but we're all excited that it's going to be out on Blu-ray now. Uh, I've got my copy in the mail right now coming from Amazon. Uh, I'm very psyched for that. And also keep an eye out. Um, if you've got a red box in your town, you're almost definitely going to have Bus Party to Hell at your red box. Uh, it's going out to uh, 20,000 of the 40,000 red boxes across the country. So there's a pretty good chance that there's going to be a Bus Party to Hell at your red box. So definitely rent it. Check it out. It's such a fun movie. I think you're really going to enjoy it, especially if you're into these kind of movies, these blood and boobs and guts and ridiculousness, uh, comedy horror type films. Uh, it's an absolute blast. So enjoy it. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the uh, movie on this episode i want to hear if you enjoyed hearing this uh director follow-up um i think it was a lot of fun myself and i'm definitely hoping to do more of them in the future uh so remember be subscribed to the show you can subscribe on apple Podcasts, pocket casts we are now on uh stitcher we are on uh, spotify I think at this point we're on pretty much all of the podcast apps. So wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a review. Rate us on iTunes. That would really be awesome. Uh, also, if you want to get involved with the conversation, um, first of all, you can email me, bydavidrosen at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, tweet at the show, at PiecingPod. And then also we now have a Facebook community called Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group where we continue the conversation. We have uh, conversations about all kinds of movies, movies that we didn't even cover on the show, but just uh, any kind of conversation about movies. We want to make the group big and awesome, have lots of great conversations going in there. So please join the group and uh, get involved with the conversation, you know. One other thing I want to let you know about before we get going is uh, a campaign I'm taking part in. It's called Two Pods a Day. It aims to introduce podcast listeners to two independent podcasts every day for the month of July. We hope to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts that you probably haven't heard of. Two Pods a Day encourages you to listen more, listen indie. Find more shows like mine by following hashtag Two Pods a Day on Twitter and Facebook. And I'm going to leave you now with... You know what? You already heard the uh, Bus Party to Hell song. You know that you can go download it for free on my SoundCloud page, which is uh, soundcloud.com slash bydavidrosen. Um, you can also find the link in the show notes. Um, so I figured I might as well leave you today with the last theme song I made for these guys, the Mahal Brothers and Rolf Konevsky. Um, this is the theme song from Last Day of School, their previous movie. Hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. <laughs> Cause it's a bad